That's our stupid faces. It is. Why don't you shove some more chocolate in yours? That's up. If you're in the Yes, Joss is in the middle of eating Reese's. Uh, well, hold on. Reese's? Yeah. Reese's? Mm-hmm. What, Reese's? He's going to be upset. I'm you're offending him. He's like, a connoisseur. Hey. hey. I'm just a Reese's. We come from a land called it's New England. Oh, okay. It's a type of monkey. The Reese's monkey. The Reese's, the Reese's monkey. monkey. Hello Reese's. and welcome. There's a Reese's monkey. And that is a real type of monkey. And they're oh, Jimmy's. Yeah. They're not Sprinkles. That's true. What um, the fuck is that? Welcome to episode 286 <laughs> of the Hooniverse podcast. I'm your host, who is befuddled by pronunciation of chocolate. <laughs> uh, how's it going, everybody? Hey, what's up? Hey, it's been, uh, been a few weeks since we've been yeah. able to do one of these. Yep. And we have a guest, Josh Ostrander. Yeah. I want to say that while you have chocolate stuffed in your fucking craw right now. Yeah, just shove it down what your belly. What the fuck's a craw? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, so you weren't an English major, right? No. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I can barely read. <laughs> um, Josh, I know you're gonna pretend like you're surprised because that's the game we're gonna play. Uh-huh. But you were there when we bought these. Yeah. So I lost a bet to Josh. You, you should it. elaborate the bet to make everybody okay. know how much of a fat pig you are. Wow. Sure. Have mm. some more chocolate. Um, okay. I will. So uh, it's it's we made a Strava bet that. Who would do more mileage in a given period? And Josh just destroyed you, me. You're not a bike geek. It's basically competing over miles on uh-huh. your bike. How many more miles did I run than you? I don't know. I do. Time. It was 88. Yeah. I, in 30 days. <laughs> okay. Thanks for saying My that. My quads are huge. 88? 88. That was like 30. Doesn't matter. That's maybe still was, a lot. Maybe it was eight. I don't know. <laughs> That's still a lot. Either, way, Either way, the bet was that the loser would have to um, buy the beverage of choice of the winner. And share it. And I would have went with some good beer. No, no, no. It's not going to be good. You told me we were going to get like Russian stouts made of chocolate and sadness. Imperial Russian stouts. Yeah. like Wait, chocolate. all the best things are made of sadness. Like, I introduced you all of comedy. Okay. That's one. Tell, tell them what we're drinking. Instead, we're drinking the finest of malt you liquor. A, I guess this can be your cup holder. Bud Light Lime. Limeritas, okay. Little Limer. little cans. These are little eight cans because Jeff's you know new to this, so he can't handle the twenty fours. I on their hand drink twenty fours like it's. Do they make twenty fours of this? Do they make twenty? Let me try this terrible fucking. Smell it. No, you gotta you, you can waft it. Tell definitely. us how, you, how do you feel? So you know what this so is? The nose. This is like canned Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's like Margaritaville, but less. Yeah. How do you? This how smells it smell? like a like a. A margarita that someone would make. Yeah, sure. Make the guy who doesn't drink smell it. I didn't make um, him drink it. Um, the, it smells awful. I like margaritas, so I will say I that. I do too. But like this margaritas. one smells like one that's maybe too much lime, like too much lime juice. Very too much lime it's juice. It's very, very lime smelling. Oh, how's it feel? Sugary. How old? <laughs> it feels t- sugary. Is your tongue coated in it? No, yet? my teeth are. Does it? Is it like away? Like so? I when I when you arrived, I was like, "What'd you bring? Tiny sodas? Yeah. No, are no. they basically tiny sodas? No, I don't know. It's malt liquor. There's no. Um, no, but I'm asking Jeff in the no, way it tastes. No, there's no. Uh, no, it there's t- no carbonation. <sighs> the but, way it tastes, it tastes. But if it did have carbonation, would it come off as like a shitty sprite? No, that's yeah. like a white. Yes. No, a white claw is a shitty sprite. Okay. This is like a, like a, like a, like a, like a shitty Fanta. Oh, 
So it's got so that's it's got redundant. That, no, it's got that like coating. Sprite doesn't coat your mouth. This no, it does No, will, Sprite. That's like it's the one thing that you get at a restaurant when you're like, you're like that's safe. I want something bubbly and cold in the summer, but like, clean. and I don't want to drink water. Right. Right. This will coat your insides. Ugh. Yeah. That's gross. Awesome. Um. Yeah. So that's what we're drinking. So, now let's 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 talk about car stuff. Yeah. Well, enough of this week in beverages. Yeah. Um. Well, which would be a fine show too. But, um, Chris, you wanted to bring up something first. Uh, yeah, just because it been, hit the news today, uh, it's in regards to the C8. Um, you know, there's been a number of, of small delays on it, and it kind of came to light. Uh, there were some rumors that they were having some wiring gremlins, and, you know, some of the details came out on that today, and some more interesting details came out. Uh, first on, like, the wiring front is GM is now trying to standardize on the way they do wiring across everything in their range. So the way, like, you know, most of their ECUs are about the same across the range and everything. Now they're going to do that for the entire bus of the vehicle. And it turns out the new vet is the guinea pig for it. Ah, uh, that sound fun. No, the, I would say avoid the first year C8s. Um, and uh, they're having a number of problems working out the bugs with that, which is understandable. It's basically like building a computer network from scratch. Um, and then um, beyond that, they are apparently having some uh, fairly significant chassis issues with it. Because the new engines that are rumored to be between 900 and 1,000 horsepower on the twin-turbo variant are so powerful, they're cracking the rear glass oh, on the cars. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. Cracking cra- what? Yeah, the they're cracking the engine covers. Just like the, like the frequency, or like they're just moving so much air? It's like, so much torque. Twist. Oh. They're twisting the chassis and breaking the uh, rear glass. They should use legs. Yeah. Yeah. Future. Well, yeah, except that wouldn't fix the chassis. Then just no. Nah, a little wiggle here. Never heard. What of are they, Ferrari? <laughs> well, I Isn't mean, look at fire? it. <laughs> look at it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's fascinating. It's like the old people who would modify um, Grand Nationals and just like twist frames. Oh yeah. Well, the G body was just all twist, but yeah. that's part of you know it's kind of like uh, the old Cobras. That was part of what made them hook up. Yeah. Is that there's just so much slop on the chassis and weight transfer and it would work. But yeah, apparently there's just so much twist in it with the twin turbo motors that they're breaking glass. <laughs> breaking glass and, and kicking not, ass. It's not even like there's a drive shaft to twist either because it's all, I'm assuming it's a transaxle like every other Corvette. Yeah. And it's, it's just that whole rear, and it's rear, mid, rear subframe and that whole thing just everything. Like, it sounds like it's probably like, I bet you it's on launch control. If they're doing a drag one. launch or something like that, it's probably with like 305s in the rear or something the motor crazy. mount so much yeah. that it's just cracking the back end. You know, the, the first time an engineer did that, he was probably like, fucking A, right, it did. <laughs> <laughs> but that just goes to show you what the power targets are, at least at the, and who knows, that might even be the top level one, but I'm going to guess that's the ZR1 motor. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. It's a good um, assumption. But I mean, 1,000 horsepower, we're getting into like Koenigsegg territory. Yes, we are. Um, yes, we absolutely are. That's going to be, if they release a thousand horsepower Corvette, I don't even know. I mean, what are, what's everybody else going to do to keep up at that point? It's going to be, it's going to push the envelope so, so far. Well, I hope that everybody goes, you know what? We're going to dive headfirst into Wait, the lightweight wars, right? which is next anyway. Hopefully. But maybe people are like, you know, we're going to get a jump start on that because we're done. We're done here. Yeah. This is it. Um, Because the GT500 is going to be like 750 or whatever that's going to be. And then the... And the new GTR will be 5,800 pounds. Yeah, right, Uh exactly. Um, It's insane. So, now speaking of engines, the BMW-powered Toyota Supra, none have really been sold, but some people have their hands on them. 
And they've already swapped into Jay to Jay Z. Yeah, some of the drifters in Japan are already. I love the fact that the drifters in Japan, the first thing they did when they got the cars, they're like, "Yeah, fuck this BMW motor." It's, it's Daigo Saito too. So, Daigo, right? I know. Is so who, Daigo. who? Perfect transition because he's running. A, he's running a C6 drift car right now. Yes, he runs a C6 with yeah. a. Uh, I don't. I know it's a, a LS7 or something. Like he's that, got right? a crazy it's, built. Motor. It's, it's got ITBs on. It. It's nuts. Um, I don't know who builds it, but that's a carbon Kevlar car. But Daigo, when he first came into uh, Formula Drift in America with his LC500, whatever, Lexus LC chassis, whatever it was, yeah. with a 2J in it, he didn't run an intercooler. So what? You could, you could open his hood and you would see a pipe from the turbo to the inlet manifold. No intercooler whatsoever. The reason being, those runs are so short, they don't need it. Oh. Back then, at least. But that's also when Daigo starched everybody. He walked every single car yeah. possible. It was ridiculous. That's, I mean, he's the right guy to do it. And the funny thing is, like, people are pissed at this. People are actually upset. They're like, why not just wait and see how the engine is? And the, like, I think it's I kind of funny. I see both I, sides. I, I get it's it. Funny. I mean, I get it from like an engineering standpoint. He's going with the known quantity. Yes. They know how to build a 2J. Right. And he does not want to be the, he does not want to be the guinea pig while he's trying to for win a championship. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And so well, I, I don't think I he's think driving this car. I think he built it for someone. It's like D1GP. That, yeah. It's, yeah, that, yeah. D1GP. But I think it's for another driver. I don't think it's his car. Regardless, I mean, if you're playing at yes, that level, yeah. like you're not going to risk a new engine architecture or at least in architecture that's not proven in that discipline. Because I don't know anybody that's running those N-series motors and drift cars. Uh, no, they're too expensive. Well, I don't even know that so, they're so expensive. It's like they're just... They're Actually, that might not be true because I know there's a couple M4s internationally. Okay. But I don't know what's under the hood. But they just don't have the support of like a 2J or an LS motor. You just don't have that option of No parts. way. No way. And the, and the weird thing about Daigo Super is that it has Wisefab on it already. Right. So I don't think Wisefab has been engineering a kit for this car yet because it is so new and Wisefab being such a, as small as a company as it is. So it's got to be like a modified S14 or FRS or whatever other kit. Um, but even just seeing that, it's like, well, and like there's video of the car running. Yeah. Driving, like transitioning way quicker than you would well, expect the transition. It would also be a question of like how how forthcoming is is uh, Toyota being with the SEMA partners? Because if they've got all the because if they if they've got all the chassis CAD models out there, mm -hmm. then these guys could be mocking stuff up for their CNCs and everything already. Yeah, it could be possible. I mean, you could design a cradle without ever touching a car. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm just checking that we're up and running because um, people are saying they're not seeing us. But back to my point earlier about transitioning quicker, that could also have to do with the tires because in Japan and China they can run unlimited tire rolls. Okay. For sanctioned drifting events. Like for Formula Drift America, you're sanctioned to do a road going tire. Right? Hey, look at you. But it's the Reese's bit part. Oh, so we're like ten minutes off? Maybe. I just wanna <laughs> The <laughs> jokes are funny again. <laughs> Ah, we're inceptioning our own podcast. I wonder if it like stopped at the point though. That's what I just want to make well, sure. Well, here's stop. here's a little warning is like um if people catch us after the fact, uh we're on my backup internet connection right now because my primary one has been acting shitty for the last few days. So it's not quite as we're on a cable connection right now. We're usually on a fiber one. So um so worst case scenario, the live stream doesn't work and we just upload the video after the fact. Yep. So you can always do that um, because we do have it. So, all right. So let's continue on because hopefully we at least get the audio and the video and all that good stuff. Um, 
yeah, the car is crazy. It's funny that everyone's making fun of it. And I think it's awesome, but I see their point of like, I see their point of wanting to keep it stock and seeing the potential. Because if you do yeah. enough digging, there's potentials in the, there's that motor is a quote unquote modern day 2J. Okay. A very it, stout it, in motor. Theory in, it theory, in theory, it should be. And already, there's already some stuff out that, that that you're like, that's enough power to have. The other tricky thing they have to contend with is that car only ships with a conventional automatic transmission as well. Yeah, but they're going to be, if you're putting a 2J in it or you're doing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that's another reason car. why, like, if you're building it now, you're well, going to ditch the 2J. Can you get a manual in the 340i? You, um, no, I don't think you can. No, no BMW cars you can I don't think the new cars Not you even can. with the M235i, because that's going to have a similar, I would no, I assume think, a similar rear. I think you can only get it in the M cars now. What was... Yeah, I believe BMW killed all the manuals with the exception of the M cars for this new generation of three series. You would you would think there's gonna be like I don't I don't think the the physical adapting is gonna be the issue. It's gonna be the the software and the harness and the wiring harnesses. Yes, which is actually the what harder thing than yeah, physically exactly, adapting yeah. it. Yeah, that's what I think is gonna be the issue. So I mean, but I think it'll still get done. Like, it's it's funny that they're automatically replacing it with the two J, but at the same time, well, if it's if the point not surprising, is, if the point is to run a rate to win events. And to be to have as little maintenance as possible, and to have all your problems be predictable. Yeah. Then yeah, put a two J in it. There's uh. And he's not, you know, sponsored by Toyota. They bought a car. Yeah. Well, it, they, well it's they like acquired the, a body. You know, it's it's kind of like um, goes back to and the two J is a fine motor, but like there's a drift shirt. There's a drift shirt that kicks around going no turbo, no problem, and it's mm-hmm. a picture of an LS. Yeah. And it just goes back to the fact that like simple is better with this stuff because otherwise you're just going to spend all your time fixing things. I point to the Ferrari car. Oh yeah, that car is that car doesn't even want to drift. Like everybody who I've ever who's ever ridden it that I've talked to, they're like, it's not a happy car. Yeah. And didn't Daigo far- drive that for a bit too? No, that well what Ferrari are you talking about? Uh the yellow one. I think one? it was a five nine nine. Oh, the one that was in okay, I was thinking of Ryan Turk's Ferrari eighty six. You're thinking of Oh no 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 the five nine nine, yeah. Yeah, the five nine nine. Um yeah, I've talked to to I can never I can never pronounce his name. It's Fede, or when you roll your R, I can't do that. Like, um, <laughs> that car is not used to American style of drifting, where it's very aggressive and very uh, hard on, hard off. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, he's drifted in Japan and Europe, where it's a lot more fluid. From mine, from what he's told me at least, and those things, and Nitto doesn't have a very good tire for that car. They have to run NTO fives when everybody else can run NTO ones, which is a lot stickier tire. Right. Because um, he has to run 20. Well, this year, this past year, he ran 20 in OZ. Isn't NTO 5 just like a step like, down? Like a almost like street race car tire? No, NTO 1 is a street race car tire. Oh. That's like the high, that's the highest quality, from my understanding, Harry it's Kong. It's semi slick, right? It's still DOT. Yeah. Like it has to be DOT. It's compound. More or less, yeah. It's got like two little rain channels cut into it. More, more or less, yeah. 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 Huh. Interesting. Now, vehicles that need. A bit more bite and rain channels. Um, off-road. Oh. You were just at the mid-400. It was the mid-400, Tell yeah. us all about the mid-400. Uh, so the mid-400 con- consists of two days of tech and contingency in Fremont Street, which is a parade slash vendor. So the Fremont thing, thing really does kind of look like the, Fremont, like the Fremont scene from Fear and Loathing, where people Yo. are really doing tech on the, on the yeah, strip. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Or on the old strip, as it was. That is exactly what that is. Like, imagine that street, what is it, Ninth Street, when they close it down, it's Mint Street. Imagine that being closed and just boost on both sides and trophy trucks pushing. They can't drive them anymore. 
for noise and whatever, whatever, just pushing their trucks down there. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a huge liability if they weren't pushing them anyway. Um, well, there's a reason Super Stadium trucks are now banned in Australia. Well, that's a whole <laughs> I can't comment on that. Oh, that's true. All. Good point. Uh, yeah, I this, can. Hide this logo, please. Um, I can. Um, so, now you're out in the desert. How does the course run? So, the course is a three-lap course of 130-ish miles. This year, they cut it down. Uh, I want to say to like 105 just because of wetness on the lake bed is what I was told just because it rained the night before or something like that. And it's just, so you're in the desert and it happens to rain the one night of the event. Well, I guess it was a little spotty the couple days before and like we'd be able to, you know, you go to Prim, you know, the greatest place in Nevada, um, you go to Prim and you can see every you know, 20, 30 miles in each direction. You, mm-hmm. you can look over there like, oh, there's a rain cloud right there and it'll rain and then you're like, oh, it's gone. So it'll rain, you know, for five minutes, 20 miles that way, and then it's just gone. So yeah. it's like, I think there were some spots on the lake, but I'm not positive, but that's kind of what we were told. So the way that starts is it starts in Prim, and there's an in-course field. It's about, uh, I want to say five miles, and they jet off into the desert, and they come back and do that three times, obviously. Um, it was a good race. It was, it was pretty, the first, I don't know, two and a half laps were actually super boring. Menzies started first, led the whole race second and third kind of traded positions a little bit but uh, Menzies ended up getting some flats and that took him a while so he got bumped back to finishing um, fifth I want to say um, but it was a really undramatic race Jensen Bunn got booted twice yeah. in five seconds um, yeah but that's still, just he just got nerfed like he just got oh no he got no he got properly nerfed like right. that was a, but, and he's in a slower he's in a 6100 truck which is, you know, to everybody else, it's a trophy truck. But anybody in the sport, that's not a trophy truck. It's a little spec machine, basically. I mean, they're definitely gnarly. Yeah. They're definitely gnarly, but, but, it's, but it's, it's, not big, a spec it's not the big stuff. No, it's not the big it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, but it's still gnarly nonetheless. Um, yeah, he got booted and then immediately got nerfed again. Like, he gets nerfed and you see, you can see his head just be like, oh, that was crazy. And you can see his pupils dilating. From the light bars not being in his windows. Yeah. And then immediately gets nerfed again by Brett's office. And you're like... The second one seemed much more aggressive. The second one was also done by a younger kid. So The first one was Rob McCackle. Well, Rob McCackle was in first. Uh, Brett's office was fighting for first. Right. So he I kind of get that. Around. Like, you need to get the fuck out of my way. Right. So Because the first one was like, up, 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 touch. Yes. And Button's like, oh, oh, sorry, old chap. I'll move right over yeah, for you. Dude. And then Serapis was like, get the fuck out of my so way. Serapis had to pass McCacron and then gain thirty on him to win. Okay, and that was I want to say like the last fifty-ish miles of the race. I could oh. definitely be wrong he's, um, he's since I was good. shooting at the time, but it was gnarly. But was he cool. did beat McCacron, but he didn't win. No, he got second. Right. Yeah, I have the starting because Lofton won. Yes, Justin Lofton. Yeah, I Justin think? Lofton got first. Brett Serapis got second. Va- Jason Voss was. Third, Kevin Thompson was fourth, and we're, and Cochran got sixth. Because he he ended up getting a puncture, didn't he? You know, I'm still well, I'm still I hearing think, news from I everything. Think he got, I'm not I think positive. He had a flat. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a, so that race is crazy. So, um, they raced the whole the so Saturday it's all the lower classes. So you have bike. <laughs> so you have. You think the stream's probably not working? <laughs> so you have bikes, UTVs, um. Sportsman UTVs, which is just another class, and right. then 
uh, slower buggies. Um, like, what's those buggy, Baja buggies? Class 1? Class oh, I 10? Know. I don't know. Maybe. Class 10, I think they are. A Class 10 passed a UTV, and it was the Ooh. best moment of my life. They're going through some, like a, I don't know, more more or less of a whoop section, and the UTV's just going for it, going for it, and this Class 10 just shoots by it, and you hear the whole crowd just freak out. Because it shouldn't pass. It shouldn't happen. It's a, cla- it's a beetle. Right. Imagine your grandma's beetle. Now, imagine being in that town you drove last weekend, and right. then it just passes you. Right. And you're like, well, you know, I'm just going to end it right now. Well, the Talon should be faster. Correct. Right. Um, that That is a good segue, because I did drive a Talon. Um, I drove a vehicle called the Honda Talon, and this is Honda's first foray into the sport equation of the side-by-side market. Um the majority of the market is made up by the multi-purpose ones, you know, the just the, like the Pioneer, which is another Honda vehicle, uh, right. stuff like farm, that. Farm, farm stuff. Yeah, but Polaris has raised the bar when they launched the Razor. That got everybody excited, and I think other auto, other manufacturers go, wait, people are going to spend twenty thousand dollars on these before the accessories, and they love the accessories. Like none of these leaves stop. How much does it start again? This one starts at nineteen nine nine nine. There's two nineteen nine 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 or twenty. So this is the price of like a Civic. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Definitely more fun than a Civic. Way more fun than a Civic. Um. So here's the deal with this thing. It is. It borrows an engine that's similar. To the Africa Twin motorcycles. Right. So what's the difference? Just the internals. There's some. There is something different there about is. it. I forget exactly what it I is. I thought it was like a like a plug and plug. No, kind of it's thing. not the same. It's there's probably there's different a different, heads and. Yeah. I, I don't think it. I don't know if it's that dramatic, but it might just be like engine tuning or you know something like that. Yeah. Um But it is a it's a 999 cc inline twin with a 270 degree firing order, order, so it lumps a little bit like in a nice sounding way, and then it's backed up by a dual clutch gearbox. Talk to me about that, because every UTV has a CVT. Not everyone, but 90%, Most. and they're all hot garbage. <laughs> well, yeah, they are. Well, they make they make it easy. The CVTs make it easy. Mm-hmm. However, I guess one of the biggest problems is people just burn right through You have to drive bands. by the belt temperature. Yeah, they, you rip those belts yeah, right yeah. out. Um, there's another competitor that runs a dual clutch, but Yamaha, it's full yeah. manual. This one you can run automatic if you want. Yeah, because I believe uh, Honda's doing that on the um, the, the Goldwings right now, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do it on a few bikes. Yeah, um, You can get the Africa Twin with the dual clutch, too. Um, I wonder how that... Can you, is that still just a foot shifter? I don't remember what it so was. So I wonder what your left lever is, if it's even there. It's probably a foot shifter, it's like an but it's probably manual simulated. type clutch. I don't I remember. I just wonder what that cockpit's like. I don't remember. Um... But I know I, I know weekend. that when we were at a stop, mm-hmm. we didn't have to like disengage. Uh, yeah, weird. yeah. You Just had to like you had to like hit the gas to kick it into first sort right. of thing, which is probably the same with the bike. Now, um, so there's two models. There's the 1000X and the 1000R. They described right. them pretty well by saying the X is like East Coast and the R is like West Coast. The the X is um, four inches more narrow, slightly shorter wheelbase, and four oh no five inches less rear suspension travel. The R gets a little bit wider wheelbase, right. a little bit lo- or a little bit longer wheelbase, a little bit wider body, um, so wider footprint, and then four five more inches of rear. Yeah, suspension I mean, I'm, travel. I'm looking here. I'll pull the picture back up because I'm looking at it, and you can kind of see like one's clearly built for tighter trails. And the other one's clearly built for like Going jumping faster. off of dunes and shit. Yeah, and that you could tell that. So here was the interesting thing, though the um, the X was more nimble. 
The X is more nimble. It's yeah. more thickable. Yeah. It, like, well, it doesn't have the wallow or the d- yeah. bigger suspension. Well, no, setup, right? it's, it has a shitload of suspension. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's like you it's, said, it's five it's, inches less travel, it's, right? It's not the travel. It's that the wheels are in more. Yeah. It's the shorter package of the wheelbase um, so and the footprint. So basically, your steering rack becomes quicker. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a tighter package. Um, and then the, the R was just so stable over all the stuff. So in total, the R has 20 inches of rear suspension travel. I think that's more that's than, a our, lot. than our wide open Baja cars. By a lot. Well, okay. Because we're It may have 20 no, inches in like full. 13 or 16. But like, what's its sag level? Like when you set sag up on suspension on like a Oh, there's a fair amount of like, sag in those things. Yeah. yeah this has 20 inches of usable travel. They were very clear about that right. because their competitors, what they'll do is they strip, will. They no, no, no. The competitors describe it as usable travel. There's this actual travel. Like the competitors will. Uh, talk about like how the wheel deflects yeah. the tire deflection and then they talk about how much potential travel there is but they don't say that if you used all that Versus travel you would smack Honda saying there's 20 inches of fully damped travel yeah, yeah. Well, the, like you would with the, the competitors you would actually hit bump stops not bump stops frame oh, okay not even bump stops you would hit frame um this you would hit bump stops at 20 inches of travel yeah. so it's the real deal um and it was amazing. Even in the even in the the X, which is like the you know the the trail running one, it's yeah. still it was something like like uh, I want to say like thirteen and fifteen, and the R is eighteen, and seventeen 20. and twenty or something like that. Uh, so much travel. It does not. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Honda came into this and was just like taught everybody else how to do it properly. The, I mean, so they're not though. They're, they're not, not the fastest, but they're not competing with. Razors? Uh, no, they're not. Yeah, they no, are. they're not. Look at look at them side by side. They're not. They're not competing with turbocharged razors. They're still not quite there. No, but I mean, like if you look at crazy, I'm, I can read. It has a, a little bit less power. I can read it a has the, Yeah, but that's the okay. They they said that they said you people will buy it by the stat sheet, which uh-huh. is why we're not touting horsepower and this and that. Ours is faster around a track. That's what they said. Right. Those buyers because here's the other thing that Honda knows. Some of them will, but they know that they're going to one. They the they want to alleviate any warranty claims, so they're not yeah. going to put it to its to the knife's edge. Yeah, they're going to take it down ten. And they know that people that want a lot more power are just going to do it aftermarket anyway. Yeah. Well, there's also the Can Am. So Can Am has one. It's 172 horsepower. Right. Holy shit! And then you shit. then you put something on that thing called a banana tune. That's the, that's just <laughs> what? what it's called a banana tune. Like I don't know. Okay. I don't know who makes it, but I could be mistaken. I think it bumps up to like 210. That's insane. That's fat. That's more horsepower than the GTI I had. I could totally be wrong on that number. That's what pops in my head, though. Uh, at one point, you were correct, yeah. If I hit stop, will it just cancel it and we can try to redo it? Because everybody's saying it's not working. Um, just tell people we're going to... We'll we will re-release the recorded one because I don't know that streaming's going to work properly. So we'll just upload after we uh, finish. Okay. I'm looking up that banana too. Because we're too far in to stop yeah. and start over. All right. This moment in typing brought to you by shitty margaritas in a can. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Listen, um, listen here, Chris. So the, uh, the Can-Am <laughs> is wild. The Honda's more conservative, and then the the Polaris is is. Does um, Honda come off feeling like a more refined product, though? I haven't. I haven't. I've driven a rental Razor. Yeah. So that was beat to shit. Yeah. Yeah. The but the Honda has a, a bigger warranty. Um, 
you know, all this stuff. And if, do you want, that's the other thing too. Do you yeah. want the CVT or do you want the dual clutch? I mean, I'm, I don't want the, no. of the CVT. I want the, the dual clutch that shift it yourself or run it in automatic. Um, and then, yeah, they, they already have over 40 accessories in the aftermarket. I was very impressed how many with how they're rolling is it out dual clutch? Six. It's six? Yeah. That's a lot for a small vehicle like it's, that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's plenty. It's, um, the thing rips. It, it was a better rock crawler than I expected. We did some gnarly rock crawling with it. It has two wheel drive. In the or, X or the R? Um, I think we did it in, both, probably. We did it in, I, I don't remember. They could both do it because they're both, the ground clearance is 13 inches or something like that on yeah. both of them. Um, they both have the same powertrain, so it's there's a button that you can switch between two wheel drive or an intelligent four wheel drive, and it does like a a torque biasing f um, front end, so right. it knows it like sends power correctly. It's a smart four wheel drive system, but only on the front. Yes, I think so. Um, but there's no closed locking diff. They do it through an open diff to save weight and complexity, but it still shifts power as needed. Right. And then... Which tells me it's probably brake vectoring. Yeah. 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 It's like automotive knowledge that they've brought down. And yeah. then the seats were comfortable, and um, there's a low range as well, so you can you know get more out of the, the gearbox. Um, and, and you could go through all six gears in low. So it's almost like it's a 12 Okay, speed. so they basically have... So it's like one of the old overdrive units, actually. I don't know. So overdrive units on, on automatic transmissions used to be like a bolt-on thing that came out of the tail shaft of the transmission. Mm -hmm. So it was like a one-two gear after your transmission. Or there'd be like a button on the floor you'd step on, right? Like Or on your shifter yeah. or whatever. But it, was but it used to be a tack-on thing. Okay. It would be like you and go that's... one to three and then overdrive, overdrive, right? Yeah. Something like that, right? Like that's way before my time. But... Um, well, you're thinking on a, on a manual. I'm thinking specifically on an auto. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, um, so the, the rock crawling was surprising. <laughs> the dual clutch is, was awesome. Um, that's where, that's one of the main areas where it really gains the edge over the Polaris race. Well, I mean, oh, I imagine it's just end. like, the thing is with, with, um, CVTs, it's it, like, especially if you were doing rock crawling, that would seem like that'd be a little disconcerting just because there's so much slop at the low end of the CVT before it really engages properly that like. That would like the dual clutch would just be so much more positive. In terms I don't know. Of I don't. I don't think I wouldn't be worried about the slop at all. I don't. I don't really feel the slop issue. It's more you're just gonna burn the shit out of that belt. Well, the good like, thing, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The good thing about the CVTs is that they're extremely accessible. And the reason I say that is my sister and brother just bought a Razor. Right. Yeah. My sister's never driven. I don't think she can drive a manual car. She hopped in that thing and. Yeah, but you can do that in this too. Yeah, but then you got to worry about, oh, what are these paddles do? No, you don't oh. have to touch them. doesn't matter. They see that and they wonder that. They, People who, they, you don't have to touch them. doesn't matter, though. Every car has I, them. It's not what I'm saying. It's the same thing, though. It's not. It's very car-like. My car -like. sister's Explorer does not have... It depends which Explorer. <laughs> it's not the, the fast Sport one. does. No, but you no, can hop in like this. So if, I, if this was mine and my wife was like, all right, you drive it. Do I have to touch paddles? No. Okay. Your I'm wife not... is a reasonable person. Right? Yeah, like, I'm trying to talk about normal people, not, you know... Miss Jen over here, okay. But nonetheless, like they're extremely accessible, and I'm not saying the auto isn't as accessible. But like, off the, let me, you know, come on. go ahead. All I'm saying is that anybody can get in it, and there's no questioning anything. It's drive, and then it's a golf and cart it's a, to her. and it's a very squishy, unresponsive gas pedal on the CVTs. That there's a difference. Very squishy. This is uh, you had to. Well, and that's what I was getting to in terms it. of like the rock crawling. 
because like my uh, the last time I had a CVT for any of the times when I owned that damn scooter, and it was just like the beginning of the throttle it's on the a CVT. It's first half because yeah. you got to basically wait until the belt engages fully. Yep. You know. Yeah. This this was a touchy throttle, but after you could get used to it very quickly if you were <laughs> like I think I think it helps that we've driven off road, so I knew you know you want to balance that pedal especially through the whoops you're not just like wow wow yeah. it's not slapping everywhere um but the low end stuff was um was fine so it was good to go um and the yeah i liked it a lot i, I liked it a lot i understand your argument about you just put it in d the funny thing about this one is you put it in h there you go so it's like the simpsons put it as high and low oh um put it in h but it was it was it was nice and then there's a sport mode which changes shift patterns a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then there's a there's a sensor, there's a brake pressure sensor that senses how much brake pressure you're applying and can adjust front and rear bias. And then also it decides if it's like, oh, he's just braking casually, I'll casually downshift. Or right. if you're really braking hard into a corner, it'll downshift more aggressively. That's cool. And it has such engine braking force that a lot of times you didn't even need the brakes. However, the brakes were fantastic, like way better than the I engine's thought. probably super high compression, right? I don't know the compression if ratio. It's a bike motor, yeah. I yeah. It, I don't know the, but it was like the engine braking was impressive. Like you could use it to set up for corners. Yeah, um, it was awesome. You, the steering was My great. My guess is probably like twelve to one or something like that on that. I need to drive it again. I'm mm-hmm. angling to borrow a passport because I haven't driven the passport, mm-hmm. a trailer, and a talent. I think that'd be for a fun little weekend. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. That'd be cool. I still don't think they're going to take sales away from Can-Am and Flair. So I think I think, well, I think you're under, I think, I think you're underestimating how big of a name Honda is. Yeah. I, that I I will agree with that. Yeah. But I think they're aiming these particular models, at least being their first forte, directly at the Yamaha. I think they're doing it at the entry level Razor, the non-turbo Razor. But that's what the Yamaha. They is. specifically talked about how much better well, a dual clutch is than a. CD. Let me ask you this oh, question 100%. about Honda's philosophy as a company overall. How often do they ever shoot for the very high end of a market segment? Right. They always go in the middle where they're going to sell the most. Yeah, but I, I don't even know what the sports yeah, that, segment looks the, like. Right. That's Yeah. I don't know. But their power sports division and their automotive division are separate divisions. Yeah. 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 But I think the overall ethos, like Chris is saying, will probably triple that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very Japanese company thing for the most part. Is like I think it'll be cool. You shoot way. for where the sales are going to be. You don't. They don't go for the fringes for the most part. Either way, I think it's cool. I don't like the purple one you guys had. I thought that was kind of it was gross. more bluish. It, it was, was the more filter. Bluish? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was more. It was more blue. It was it's, the color gray. I mean, there's a blue one you'll probably see in there. There was a red one, which there should be for Honda, and there was a blue one. Um, but the blue one was. was um, I don't know if you're going to see it in those pictures. No, so I'm looking. The Talon no, was awesome. Switching gears, Fiesta is gone. Fiesta is gone, officially gone. Uh, and I think we've mentioned that last time, but just in passing. Yeah, well, we mentioned who it was going to. Jason Connor has it now. Is that who bought it? Yeah, I thought he. I saw him he posting got on rid Instagram of something. Uh, the Porsche, right? Yeah, Jason yeah. sold the Porsche. So he has a vet and yes. the Fiesta now. Uh, and and the, the Infinity. He still has an Infinity, kind of. Right? No, he has it now. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind it's of. back. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I talked to that's Jason an, the other that's day. That's an awkward oh, okay. story. Yes. <laughs> Good. Yes, there, there's more funny. There's more funny things attached to that, but I'm not going to share all his. No, dirty please laundry. don't. Um, that's so. good to know, though. Good job, Jason. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, I don't even know that story. That's fine. Nobody, oh. nobody needs to know that one. So yeah, the Fiesta. Connor has it. Awesome. Um, yeah, is the he funny... the one who started the Litwood 
Instagram account? Mm -mm. I have no idea. I don't. I, think I don't insta the gram. I think that's straight from Brad. Is it? I remember because the first card is Jason's. Yeah, and a lot of the hashtags seems like Jason's hashtags. Oh, I know Jason's hashtags. Let me take a look. Right, at this. they're all Larry Chan hashtags. Well, no, uh, they're all. <laughs> so that's funny. Um, that's good that the car's gone. Porsche's running well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. I, I mean, it's a Macan. It's they're pretty bulletproof for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I am. That's Jason. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's Jason. <laughs> I'll bet any amount of money on that, Jason. <laughs> Don't you? Um, yeah. Now I'm getting back into the the vet build. Uh, figuring out some stuff on that. Um, I got wheels for you. Uh, I have factory. Thank you. Well, we'll talk after. We'll talk <laughs> after. Uh, I am looking to. I got to do coilovers. That's the biggest thing I got to do. See if I can find somebody to give me a hookup on does a Lingen, decent coilover. Does Lingenfelter do suspension stuff, or are they part um, of company? I think Ken probably resells some stuff. I, I talked to him for a bit at SEMA. Uh, finally, got a chance to meet him after all these years. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, he said he. Welcome doing the show. So we can probably get them on. They've, at some they've point. run one of my videos in their booth before at yeah. SEMA. Super, super nice guy. I right. went there and stood in their booth for 15 minutes waiting to see it. And it's just, I don't know how long their role was. I'm like, nah, I'm not waiting for this. <laughs> it's not that I just wanted to see it. In yeah. The booth. He was actually, he was actually right. See, here's the thing is you missed it. He was hanging out right at our, at our uh, stage. Got it. Him and Musto and a few other people. Cool. 15 so. minutes at SEMA is a lifetime. Yes, exactly. It, so it was like, worse. I got to go somewhere else. A lot um, of people are pulling out of steam this year. How is your Volkswagen Golf All Track wagon? Oh, what update do you want? The bad well, you want it. You, you were. I want the one that you started to tell me in the car. So I got a fender bender on this past Wednesday. Okay, That's unfortunate. Nice Someone new car. Didn't yield to me in the in the fresh rain. And unfortunately, I oh, slid into their bumper, and that's not uh, even. Let me let me finish. Oh right? no! So tap their bumper. I'm like, my toes, my fingers, my neck work. I'm fine. Pull over. Make eye, talk, eye contact with the guy. Mm -hmm. He seems to be fine also. Mm -hmm. At least not injured. So we're taking pictures of our vehicles. And vice versa. And he comes up to me. There's a language barrier. He doesn't speak very good English at all, right? He yeah. Goes, he goes, you, me, we, we good? I'm like, no. I'm like, I need insurance paperwork. Like, mm -hmm. no, thank you. So I walk over to his car and he has one arm. Oh, okay. and I'm like, and I'm like, nothing wrong with that. Oh, no, of you course. can drive with one arm. There's not a damn thing. It wasn't, I, I, it wasn't I had a manual. bum shoulder for a year. Right? I did drive. Yeah, with I one dislocated arm. a shoulder and drove home after like totally possible. Um, hands me his insurance card. Insurance card is expired by four years. So I immediately, I immediately take and snap a picture. I look at it. I go, I'm fucked. Yep. I go, I'm so fucked. Like I know I am. And I don't have my driver's license card. I lost in the airport a couple weeks ago. I have my provisional paper card. And right? this is one reason why you start rolling as soon as you get out of your car after an accident. <laughs> so I have my, my I have my provisional license, just like the, the paper one, my temporary one. And there's like I said, there's a language barrier. So I'm holding this and I go, I go, license. Like, do you have your license? And he, he doesn't understand that. Okay. I I have a Which I, is bullshit because I believe in, in Spanish is I think it's like a license. No, it wasn't Spanish, different language. And I have oh. I have my my let me cover up that logo. I have my work name card, right? Which has my my picture on it. So I'm holding this up like anything, like driver's license, like photo ID, something. Doesn't understand it. Bullshit. Okay. Okay. So I'm like, I'm to the point now where I look at my yeah. car and I, and I, and I mentally assess the damage and I'm like, I could fix that. No, it's just paint damage on my car, right? His car was already damaged from 
Right. You just had from paint damage? Just some paint damage. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, that's well, so I look at his car, like his windows, like duct taped in. Like, okay. His bumper was already falling off. I tried to take pictures of damage. I couldn't tell what was for me and what was previously there. So I go, I shook his hand. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> no, it's, it's exactly, it's exactly what I've, no, same story. <laughs> so we that was me. Chris I am was not a, no, 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 I'm no, not no, a lawyer, no. but I am I, no, I, giving you a fair I warning. I appreciate that, but this is Chris was just whispering legal advice. In his ear. <laughs> no, I appreciate that, but it was same, same either way. Um, so I call. I all right, we we parted ways. I called my insurance company and reported it. And um, turns out he did have insurance, so that was good. Oh, so he just had the same company, just didn't have the no car. different company. Okay, so I don't even know how that worked out. But I told my insurance company, I was like, hey, pursue them. I was not yielded to. I should have been yielded to. Blah 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 blah. And then I, I look at my damage more, and I'm like, I could probably I could pay a body shop like three hundred bucks to fix this. Like, what am I even doing? Yeah. Like, why am I even wasting my time? But I'm also like, I'm in the right here, so fix my fucking car. Right. That being said, nothing's installed on it yet. I have the lift sitting right. at my house. I yep. have wheels and tires sitting at my work and mud flaps. You don't lift it home. Yeah, I have a lift. No, 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 no. Like a no, lift. The, the lift for the, the car. Oh, a lift kit. Okay. The lift kit, excuse me. Oh, okay. it's, getting, it's getting a slight lift because his golf all track wagon is getting um KO2s. wheels and KO2 tires. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be cool when I have time to do it. I've right. been working like twenty eight days straight. So. Yep. Yep. Um so that's good. Uh Montero updates. I swapped in What's its name though? It doesn't really have a name. I call it occasionally Tony Montero, What's but it the doesn't name really you have a told me it was. I don't remember. It was like Something ripping your face off. Well, I saw you had the McGuire's guys work on. I'll find the text. Yeah, we did the interior. Yeah, um, which I usually so I I do a podcast with them and Larry Casilla every year at SEMA. Right. So yeah, I was I was like, oh, it's those guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I they've I've worked with them on a few cars. Um, and like on the out, we did the outside of the Mercedes. We did the inside of the Montero. Um, and it's it they did they, it was great. They did some good stuff. Now what I've been doing is I swapped in a new bumper to a black bumper i'm gonna put the end caps back on and i i have tires coming i'm waiting to order some wheels I'm swapping in a clarion head unit um that i just installed myself and did you do you have did you reestablish communications at clarion i got a head unit okay yeah. cool. um and the i installed it myself but the previous speaker wiring is was a mess did somebody just do a shitty system install at some they, point? They did a cheap aftermarket head unit, and I'm sure you know all lined up for them. Um, but I just I was trying to figure out which speaker wire went where, and I couldn't. I got frustrated, so I put it back in. So it has power. It has it has constant power, mm-hmm. ignition power, and the illumination wire. That's all hooked up correctly. Yeah. It's just the speaker wires aren't. So I'll go back in and try to. Did figure you that pop out. the door panels to see if the original speaker wires are still in there? I mean, all four speakers worked before. Okay. On the old head unit. Okay. And I'm using those wires, but so I don't know. You need a cheap multimeter. I bought one. Oh, you did? Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. That's how I figured out the other three wires. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, and I might even lend it to you. There's little, there's easier ways to, to deal with that. Okay. So, oh, that's good to know. Uh, I tried the battery popping method to get the speaker to pop, yeah. pop, and I just, it's hard to tell with that right. sometimes. You have to have two people, especially if you've got 20 year old speakers. In yeah. The car. Like it might be like, like you can't hear shit yeah. and, and so i don't know and i was using a triple a or double a which it says you can use but it seems like a nine volt is the better one to use yeah because double a is more only power three through. three volts at yes best. okay um so that whatever but um so there's that and 
What else do I have coming? I have. I'm waiting on my grill to come. I'm gonna paint the headlights. Buck. I just the now have a, black. I now have a picture of you with a grill. Oh yeah. My well, head. my Paul Wall grill. Yeah. My Paul Wall. Nino grill. had one for a bit. Well, Nino can do, pull it off because um, he's Nino. Um, <laughs> he's from Detroit. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see what else is going on. Oh, the Mercedes. The charge indicator light came on, which means it's either uh, just the alternator belt the voltage regulator or the alternator itself. And I bought a voltage regulator because it's the cheap fix that they say is most often the culprit. People mm-hmm. replace a whole alternator and they didn't need to. And the, I can see it when I lift the car up, I can see it at the back of the alternator and there's like um, a, a coolant hose in the way where I'm like, so I don't want to drain all the fucking coolant. Thing. Here's the good news is you have your cheap multimeter. You can now test the output of your alternator while the engine's running. That's true. Yeah. But how do I, so if the alternator's at, working fine but the voltage regulator is not working fine i don't know I did you out. already replace the voltage regulator no it's the old one still i have okay. the new one i just haven't put it in because I'm, I'm like i'm not uh you probably test the resistance on it to be my guess okay um you your ohms, bro. yeah yeah you get to check you probably have to check the resistance but first thing i do is just start the car up and see if it's putting out about 14 volts yeah so that's yeah. the first thing to check right and it's funny too because it happened when i was on the way to willow springs like oh shit drove a car around the track for a bit got back in my car it fired up what did you drive it well my uh a, a 73 porsche with a big four point. oh that one okay. yeah yeah so the i drove all the way home with the light in my face and it and it, it glows more when you're on the throttle sort of thing you know because it's <laughs> um it's letting you know there's a problem and and then i got home and i expected to walk out the next morning and, and have just like no battery left so I'm, i've been able to fire it up and drive it a handful of times that's gonna then. be one of those ones that slowly dies on you yeah so yeah i think the battery is actually fairly new too so that makes sense um it's probably just dude it's probably just the alternator on that thing well no everybody says it's the voltage regulator in the back of the alternator like they say everybody goes and swaps their alternator which is expensive because it's old mercedes and then it could have just been the voltage regulator wears down so i'm gonna i'm just gonna take it to a shop and see if they can plug the voltage regulator in real quick for me mm-hmm. and see if that makes it go away and then if not i'm like all right order an alternator or also tighten the belt. Check the but the the belts I think were tightened recently, so that shouldn't be it. So I'm banking. Yeah, you generally you'll notice belt slippage too, right? Because you'll hear like squealing, right? I'm banking on voltage regulator. Um, so we'll see. So I got to get that fixed because it's listed for sale. I've only had one person come and test drive it though. One yeah. person, uh, nice guy, said he's looking at another car in like Glendora or something like that. I'm like, all right, man. It's a very specific buyer. Yeah. Nobody nobody cares about one fourteenth. It's the earlier stuff or the yes. later stuff. It'll come. No, I know, but I'm ready to sell it now. <laughs> yes. You mean you don't uh, want to hang no, on to it you know, for 15 though, years? You know, though, if the charge indicator light wasn't lit up, which is just kind of annoying, I, I, I would be like, all right, we'll take our time with it. But I, I'm i sure once I fix that, I'll be like, all right, well, let's. Your maintenance light on chillness. is on your Monterey. Oh, your that's face a switch off. in the back. That's nothing. Switch? Yeah, that's a, that to let. So from the factory, that comes on at 50,000 miles. There's uh-huh. a switch in the back of the speedometer. You flip it. And then it comes on again at 100,000 miles. And then the service bulletin, official Mitsubishi service bulletin is at 120,000 miles is to pull the bolt. All that is is letting you know. My trooper had that on it since the day I had it to the yeah. day I sold it. It's, it's, it's a maintenance <laughs> reminder. That is the I, had a, I had a trooper when I was fresh out of high school. The same, basically the exact same thing as Jeff, just with a four-cylinder motor. Yeah. So I got a hint today. I was like, dude, I'm having flashbacks. Same noises, oh, yeah, same yeah. squeaks. Like, I mean, it's it's... 
it's this kind of engineering quality that makes Mitsubishi the leading manufacturer hey, in SUVs was, uh, today. You know that this thing's rock solid. No, I know it's simple, and that's what that's yeah. what wins it. My but sister- I mean, like that's like lazy shit that like Toyota or Honda would have never done that even during that period. One of my sisters is an Outlander. It's not a bad car. I wouldn't. It's fine. It, it does its job. Yeah, and I, I, nothing's ever gone wrong with it whatsoever. Fine. I think it's interesting that they're kind of twisting their focus on electric, yeah. which might be yeah. the smartest thing they ever do. It could be, but we'll see what they do. I don't know. But we'll let's see. be real. Is it going to be right? Um, as much as I want. I'm trying to think about what else is going on. Uh, I have an the 2019 NSX coming soon. I have the McLaren 600 LT coming soon. So we've got some good vehicles in the queue. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get my press game car game going again here. I, I've really only been um, driving the Montero, though. I've been enjoying it, and it, that's been kind of fun instead. Well, it's your new car. Right. You should. Uh, so hopefully we'll have some more updates and videos on that one soon. Um, Josh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social meteors? Social what? Meteors. Meteors. Social meteors. The things that fall from the sky? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm so out of it. I'm like, I'm like 2019, you're like 3019. You know it. Yeah, what's your Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have the correct pronunciation of Reese's. All right, let's not you haven't caught up. All right, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, for Instagram, just follow me at josh.media. Uh, Facebook, Josh Ostrander. Twitter, it's really just me tweeting at Chris to help me build a computer. He never tweets me back. So I, I don't I, use Twitter I really anymore. Cry every fucking night. But we can talk at, about uh, that after. Mister Steal Your Dog for Twitter. I'm mixing up on the on the handles. I need to. Mr. Steal yeah. Your Dog. Yeah, it's still my personal Instagram, but you know, I got Because that's kind of a dumb name for business. DM for inquiries, bro. Okay. Chris, tell everybody about Shout Engine. Uh, as usual, if you want to host a podcast, go over to Shout Engine. We'll get you up and running in just a few minutes. It's very, very easy. Um, yeah. And then the other thing we've got uh, coming at the end of the month is uh, my other company, Guardian Circle. Uh, we're doing our relaunch of the mobile stuff at the end of the month. So uh, probably have uh, a little preview of that going up soon. And um, just follow me. You, you know where. <laughs> just just follow me. I'm at Limerita.com. <laughs> on on Limerita? Yeah. Gross. Follow me at Limerita. I'm Mr. Steal Your Limerita on Instagram. Dude, I hope you become their mascot. Um, I hope I don't. You, you, my teeth wouldn't take My it. mouth is sugary, and I wish it would be this way forever. Chris, give us car. a quick closing cryptocurrency buy guide. Go. Um, what do I buy on, right now? Don't. On, ontology. Uh, ontology. Well, that's not in my Coinbase app, so. Uh, no, it's not, but we can, we can get that thing care of. All right. Well, that's episode 286. Bye. Bye. Bye.